Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everyone, to the latest episode of the Level Up Podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. We have a phenomenal guest with us today. Jeff Quinton is here, and we're going to talk about old school versus new school strategies, the best of each, the ideal blend of both, uh, what the old school can learn from the new school, and vice versa. we got a bunch of stuff to get into. As always, uh, Greg Harrelson, how are you today? I'm doing good, and as always, I'm always excited to um, to hang out and speak to our guests, but in this particular case, uh, I don't look at uh, our guest being um, a guest. I look at uh, we're having a conversation amongst great friends that have a long, long relationship, many years of relationships of hanging out, grinding together, doing big business together. So uh, this is going to be a treat for me, and uh, hopefully the audience gets something uh, also. Yeah. I know that they will. Jeff Quentin, officially welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, Likewise, Greg, this will be a great conversation, and I think we can share a lot because of all that we've learned over the years. So, Yeah, and whatever it. Jeff says, just remember, I'm right, <laughs> and he's wrong. <laughs> you, you know what I did? Is I just stole it from you anyway, so we stole it from somebody. <laughs> uh, we've, traded our, we've traded ideas for many years, my friend. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure. <laughs> Sure. Well, Jeff, for anyone that's been hiding under a rock that doesn't know who you are, uh, fill them in just on the basics, who you are, where you are, what you do. Sure. So it's uh, Jeff Quinton. I'm with Keller Williams, the Quinton Group. Uh, live and work in Ocean City, New Jersey. Been in the real estate business since 1992 and um, you know, ultimately service southern New Jersey markets and, and have expanded in the Philadelphia region as well and continue to expand in the East Coast and, uh, and then eventually throughout the country. Awesome. Very, very cool. So you, uh, yeah. So you've made a big, a big change in recent years. So you've been, you've been, I guess, what, what a lot of people would consider an old school prospector for a long time. In fact, the previous headset you had on in the lead up to this, <laughs> to this recording literally has a different, like there's two different mouthpieces for, for your headset. If that gives anybody an indication of where you're coming from. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. you guys have been part of the kind of the Mike Ferry system for a long time. I mean that Jeff, that's kind of, that, that's really your bread and butter. That's what your team was based on for a lot of years was you hitting the phones, you hitting the listings. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's always what the, the base has been, the foundation of our business and still continues to be prospecting based with some marketing enhancing and, and, uh, and like the, like you said, like the headset that I have now, it's kind of a custom headset where actually we have two phones on our desk. We can dial from a right phone to left phone and have a microphone on each left and right, and then obviously earpiece as well. So, um, you know, before this is all phone dialing and so forth, before auto dialers and Mojo, we were our own Mojo. Uh, we were able to actually dial three lines because we had a left phone, a right phone, and then a cell phone, which would be sitting in the middle. So, and then ultimately, we we'd even bring in somebody. And Greg and I used to do this many years ago. We have what we call a hammer. We'd have somebody come in and sit, and we just dial lines, and dial a bunch of phone numbers, and and then hang up on them if they answered. Circle next to them, make a dot, give you a piece of paper, and say, "Here's the, net, the the last ten people I just talked to. They answered, and I hung up on, and they're already home." So we'd have an auto dialer person in the background, and what was called a hammer. So yeah, we're kind of old yeah. school. <laughs> that is, yeah. I've never heard that before, and that is hilarious. You literally had like a minimum wage employee just sitting there dialing, going, uh, uh, and then click, and then hang up, and then give you a list yeah. of people who now they know are home. That's right. Of course, we still do it. Of course, and, you and, did. In fact, we still do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> There, there was a time I didn't have a um, uh, uh, an employee did it. I had my daughter doing it, right? You know, yeah. 
And 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 one 20. time, I remember getting a um, being questioned by her mother, and that is oh no, I remember my daughter telling her mom, yeah, dad's got me prank calling people. <laughs> like, oh God, this is going in the wrong direction. But you know, for the, for, for the context of this conversation, you know, just listening to to you, Jeff, I mean, brings back so many memories. Right? We're sitting there, and 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 let's define like what old school is. I'll share a few things and. Maybe you can add to it and, you know, the, some additional things. But, like, when I think of old school, I think of, you know, waking up in the morning and going to the gym and, um, you know, calling Jeff at, uh, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning as I'm walking into the gym and us doing affirmations and making commitments on what our goals are going to be for that day and then saying, okay, we're going to connect again at 11. So, I, you know, old school is, is what I recall is, like, you know, Talking to an accountability partner at uh, six in the morning, going into the gym, getting home, getting into the office early, role playing, um, getting on the phones from eight to eleven, dialing or double dialing like what he's referring to, and even triple dialing before the technology existed to triple dial through the computers. And then at eleven o'clock, all we did was call each other up and say, "Hey, this is what we did." And if he didn't do what he he committed to, I'd probably you know write him a little bit or make him send me a check and vice versa and then that was it for our conversations for the day and then we'd go do lead follow-up go uh do some presentations and we'd go home and like yeah. like literally that was the routine that yeah. that is what i see as old school it was extremely boring yeah. would you agree with that anything you can add to that jeff like what am i missing yeah, I mean that that's exactly what it is and I, and I think still today that's still a good foundation of anybody in that as far as that morning routine. Um and then the accountability side, I think that still exists. But yeah, I became, you know, one of the things you and I have always uh uh that is old school and yet also new school is becoming, you know, a master of repetitious boredom. We always hear that that phrase at least you do where you got to you got to master that no matter what it is, whatever skill you're in, you know. I mean, whether you're, you know, if you're Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan, whatever it is, the best of the best. I mean, you don't, you know, you, we, how many, you know, uh, uh, free throws did we see, you know, Mike, Mike Jordan, uh, you know, throw, we don't know, but do you know, he's been absolutely bored of that and probably sitting in, in the gym, you know, uh, on the court with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And that's what we did. We just did that every single day. So, but I think that's still old school. Yes, that is, but yes, still applies. So I think there's some old school stuff that still applies or maybe some old school stuff that doesn't still apply. I think there's some new school stuff that we need to mix and pepper in between the two. But uh, there's some really good foundations between that, which I think, from what I think you and I experienced, the new school um, isn't doing that stuff as much as it used to be. It doesn't seem yeah. as much. So what are they doing? Let's, let's talk about that. Let's set the stage for the new school. And, and um, um, what are they doing? Because I've got you know, uh, a, a team of agents that I, I, I work with, obviously, in, in my uh, offices and expanding outside of my local market. And you know, they're constantly bringing all these ideas and tempted to do these things. I try to keep them as old school as I can. But what are, what, what would, what are some of those things that we would say are the new schools uh, of doing business? What are the new agents doing? If they're not like getting on the phone grinding from eight to eleven, what are they doing? Well, I, I think that uh, there's several different things that the new school is, is doing. Um, there's w there's one thing I'm watching right now that the new school is not doing that seems to be resisting a lot of. And getting back to what you just said earlier was when the, when we bring in the word accountability. I, I you know we were we were so in the beginning of our careers and still to this day 
I mean, if, if, you, if you were the one to come on our team today, one, one of the things we talk about is two things we look for. Someone who wants structure, someone who seeks accountability. But it seems like new school today is so lack of the structure and so lack of accountability. Like they're just free flowing and, hey, it's going to happen this way. And, and, and I'm not held to the accountability style or, or as much. Um, mm-hmm. So I think new school, I'm, I'm seeing that a little bit. Um, and yet we also understand that the new school, if you look at overall, the number of the average production per Asian per year is going down. It's not like it's going up. Um, whereas it seemed like old school had much higher production than what new school does. You know, that's just a couple of thoughts there with regards to accountability. I think, you know, the difference between when we see new school and old school activities, for example, you know, it depends on the channel which we're working with. Before, if it was old school's over the phone prospecting or, or you had, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you had four different things. You had, you had number one, you had, um, you know, speaking to people over the phone. Uh, two, you had meeting people face-to-face. Thirdly, you had the option to go ahead and mail a postcard to somebody to communicate that channel. And then fourth, you had the ability to do some, some marketing of advertising to the masses, um, you know, like radio advertising or, or television, something where it's you know, big to the masses. New school today, I think those channels have changed a little bit. Certainly, you still have all those. But now you have you know, certain things as far as social media and email and uh, web, web presence and so forth. And before, I think, um, you know, the old school was about the amount of exposure you could get. Um, I think the new school is more about how to create better relationships uh, that you can get into. I think there's a little difference there and a little shift I'm seeing. You know, mm-hmm. that's just a couple of my thoughts in the beginning. You know, what yeah, I'm well, you know, one thing I say as you're talking, you talk about OTP, you know, over the phone, over the phone prospecting. Um, you know, that's when, you know, one of the things about old school is there was a lot of outbound lead generation being done by the rainmaker. Right. Okay. Because some people will hear this and say, well, there's still outbound, uh, you know, generation going on. I just hired a company to do it for me. So I'm saying old school was there was a lot of outbound lead generation being done by the rainmaker. The new school seems to be everyone's focusing on inbound lead generation. Like, like they're either buying the leads from Zillow or doing the uh, social media, uh, you know, advertising to generate leads. It's like one of the things that I see between old school and new school, and there is no definition between old school and new school. We're making all this up right here based on our experiences. But one of the things that I would uh, uh, say that is a distinction between the two is new school is focused on how can I get inbound leads in the old school, we were like thinking, you know, how can I get more leads by outbound efforts versus, you know, we weren't thinking inbound efforts at that time. So, you know, I am not here to say, and nor do I believe that going after only outbound is the right way, but I also believe that only going after inbound is the wrong way. In other words, I do think that there's possibly a blend to the two that ultimately, when figured out, will become, um, as you mentioned one time, Jeff, earlier, um, maybe not on this broadcast, pre- pre-conversation, it- it'll lead to more profitability. It'll learn to l- uh, lead to higher revenue and more profitability. It's probably a blend of two. But that is just one thing that I think is so obvious new agents are coming into the business or agents that have been in a little bit uh, been for a while they're always, they're always looking for what is the next inbound lead system I can actually purchase 
Where before you know, we would have blinders, and if somebody came to us, you know, years ago with an inbound lead thing for us to purchase, we'd be like, we would scrutinize, we'd ask so many questions, and then we would come to the conclusion that if I just spent 15 more minutes on the phone dialing expires, I could make more money than, uh, than dealing with all this new systems. Now, I don't believe it's still there. That's the answer today, but that would be the old school mentality. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, 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 and I, I think that what's, um, what's the challenge right now with, it, with inbound lead generation is the predictability and how and if it's duplicatable and if it is at what level and how much cost is it i think that's the key where we what we learned in the old school was we knew that we could make 30 contacts a day or 50 contacts a day and when we said a certain script or said a certain question or did this over a certain period of time that for every 30 contacts that you and i would make we could set a listing appointment and therefore, we would know that if we said this and talked to these men of people, that within a week, we could set 10 appointments. And we knew that for our skills and our script going out on those appointments, we could convert 70, 80%. We could get, you know, whatever it was, you know, seven listings, let's say, for that week or whatever it was. But, you know, that was, a, that was what was, was old school is we knew the predictability because it was, it was uh, predictable mm-hmm. as far as the number of, out, uh, number of outbound. You could control it. The number of inbound right now seems to be in the old new school is very um, – uh, it's not as predictable, if you if you will, unless you. I don't know. It, it seems interesting. You certainly have the ability yeah. to do it, but it's not as it doesn't seem as uh, as tangible. Well, the, the I, lead, I the lead know, time what, is longer. Yeah, the lead time is longer, and 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 so if and so my I got a, a thought that I want to bring up on some facts, and I um. But let me comment to what you just said. Lead time is longer. Well, if you're capturing a lead. Three years before they do a transaction, should we even be calling it a lead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's not a lead. Yep. So, yep. no, the lead time is not getting longer. It's just we're loosening up on our definition of what we'll agree, what we define as a lead is. We're getting a little bit looser on what we will declare a lead. We call any, we call things that are being captured leads. All we're doing is th- those are just names. Yeah, they're so more sus- we're, they're we're, not even they're not even prospects. They're suspects. They're suspects at at best. The other thing is is the challenge with that I see with the inbound lead, um, you know, uh, phenomenon that's that that exists is that we got to remember there's only about what five million sales in uh, you know in the United States, give or take, you know, maybe a million or five hundred thousand. But and and in, in, in probably just six or seven years ago, if you look, or let's say eight years ago, if you look at all the lead generating companies. There was probably 15 million leads generated right. for approximately 5 million sales in the U.S. Now there's hundreds of millions of leads being generated, and there's still only 5 million, five million sales. So see, like the people that when we're focusing too much on inbound lead generation, just the fact that the leads that are being sold to us are increasing at such a rapid rate, the number, the volume of leads, but the number of sales is not actually um, increasing at nearly the rate. So that means these are not new leads. These are just leads being sold to so many different people. And we're, and, and as Matt, you say, we're catching them, uh, we're getting the leads earlier. They're not even leads, they're just names. Yeah. So at the end, you're paying a service to provide names where you can get the names and telephone numbers for free. That's what we did in the old school. 
Mm-hmm. You're just generating a list. Yeah. For the most part. Okay? <laughs> yeah, list a list of respondents, maybe. Yes. At, at best. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about the um kind of the 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 new school approach because I think one of the things that probably just knowing what I know about you, Greg, the thing that probably bothers you the most is when people, regardless of whether it's old school, new school, what the excuse or what the approach is, the thing that bothers you the most is not doing what's best for the business, but doing things that the things that come easier and then attempting to get out of the things that are hard by paying other folks to do it. Yes, I that does. Um, so uh, I think even if we were to, to peel that onion another layer deeper, I mm-hmm. really what what kind of like bothers me is that I feel like there's just not good there's not a good good a lot of agents are try, don't have good work ethic. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and so that's really the underlying thing is like I I love to and, and to find somebody that's got real good work ethic and good work ethic to me doesn't mean you have to grind for twelve hours a day or ten hours a day or eight hours a day. Like you could tell me, hey, I work hard from eight to eleven, and then the rest of the day I do whatever I want to do. And if somebody says that and tells me that they grinded for eight to eleven and they did something to self-generate in their business, then I'm going to say, hey, I'm proud of that person. I'm looking at that person as great. Go do whatever you want to do with all these new school things. Where I get yeah. you know, a little bit concerned, and, um, and it's more of a concern for people, is we're getting away from having that type of work ethic and going to immediately the easy solution and delegating it away. And most of the new school agents have not experienced a shift in the market. So the conversation Conversation that I'm having right now to the new people that are or, or people that have been in the business for the last eight years, they're looking at me like Greg's missing it. He's so out of date. But that's because they haven't experienced a shift. So they don't really know right now how they're going to survive in a different economy. And and so my passion and 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 what you said bothers me. It's not that it bothers me because I'm judging them, it's because I'm worried for them. Yeah, no, I I fully under, fully believe that. I mean, and, and Jeff, I'll, I'll throw a scenario out to you real quick and just see what your guys' reaction to this is. So let's say somebody came in, they're young, they're hungry, they're early 20s, right? And they come to you and they go, look, here's my plan. I want to get into real estate. <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of the phone, but I'm not afraid of it. So here's here's what I'm going to do. From, from 7 to 10 o'clock every morning, I'm going to be on Facebook and LinkedIn making connections, messaging people, working my database, working my sphere with, and I'm going to track everything that I do with the intention of generating five to 10 actual phone conversations that, that take place later in the day or the next day. And I'm going to track all my numbers. And here's my work ethic. Here's the schedule that I'm going to adhere to. I want you to hold me accountable to it. Like if they took old school work ethic and applied new, a little bit of the new school tactics but within a framework of really good work ethic, what would you say in response to that agent? Well, you know, uh, okay, so so one is I would say, okay, I understand. And I think that's great that that's, a, that's an option that that agent wants to do that. And I think it's good because I think that is some of the new school uh, way. Um, and yet what I also would want to ask is that agent that's 20-some years old, um, what their future is and how long, how long they want to be in the business for. Um, because without a doubt, the old school of of uh, knowing what to say and how to say and getting in conversation with somebody's not going away. So at some point, 
the conversations of what she's going to have with this five or 10 people, that agent must be really good to convert because there's got to be a conversation that's not going away. Relationship or the conversation of objection handling and learning how to convert. So I would say to that person that, okay, sure, sure, you're going to be behind the scenes on the, you know, on the, on the, on the computer and that's probably going to limit them the number of transactions they're going to do over a period of time because, number one, the number of contacts they're going to make, and number two, the quality of the conversations that they're going to end up having because they're not actually out there talking to people at the level high, uh, that they need to. Uh, that would be a concern there. Second That's concern, at least, you know, let, second concern I see right now is that same agent coming in is, okay, I want to get in real estate. I'm going to do this. And then two years down the road when they're doing 25 deals, which isn't bad, um, they don't want to start it. They want to start a team. And they say, well, I'm <laughs> right. going to go out and I want to, I'm going to go hire two buyer's agents and another agent and I'm going to go get this person. Now they've got four people on their team, which they're now coaching them the same way in the same aspect of not prospecting or, or having any type of conversation. Two years later, they're just, the, the team's not going anywhere and the, the agents on the team aren't making any money. And then ultimately the, the team, team leader, let's say the rainmaker who started it, has to now start to go purchase leads to feed the other agents, not teaching them anything because they never had the foundation of communicating of, of the of the prospecting base. So I, um, I I would say that you know certainly the new school of that is good, but I also I, I just got to get back to that the conversation still needs to be made and the, and the the skills of learning how to say and what to say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and five or ten reps versus thirty to fifty reps a day. I mean, absolutely, that's going to show up in performance and conversion. Hundred percent agree. You know, I've got uh, uh, something that Jeff just said. I just I had to write down. And you know, I would say this this conversation doesn't just go for real estate agents. I think this goes for leadership of those that are are are, are leading agents, whether it be owners, brokers, team leaders, whatever you may want to call whatever position of leadership you are. Old school used to teach their agents. New school is just feeding their agents. Now, there's a lot of leadership that's not really feeding them, but what I mean is is so even the leadership, instead of digging deep and figuring out how they can teach people and coach people to build wonderful businesses, they're skipping that process and just throwing more leads at them, keeping them satisfied. You know, so I think the leadership is also part of the problem is instead of teaching people how to fish, they're actually just feeding them them fish. And again, that's fine right now until the market shifts. And I'm not sitting here talking about the shifts going to occur tomorrow or even next year. I don't know when it's going to occur, but we do know a shift will occur at some point before we retire. You know, another thing that I think might be fun here, um, and I'd be really I want to play this game with Jeff is let's, let's, let's build for a minute. Let's build. If, if Jeff, let's me and you real quickly, if we got a new age, because I think we both believe that the next top agent is going to be the one that blends old school and new school. So what are the old school strategies that we would want somebody that we're coaching uh, or somebody in our company that we're coaching that we would want them to, um, to, to use? And what are some of the new school strategies that we would want them to implement? And maybe we can show people what our, what, where we are from a mental standpoint on the, the, uh, how we would combine the two. So let's just kind of build that out. So like what is one of the first things that you can think of old school that somebody needs to adopt? 
Well, no, I think it's a, it's a great, great little exercise. Um, you know, what we talk about in our team before I get into it is, is being what we call uh, humology, part human and, and part technology, because old school is human, right? Without mm-hmm. this technology, today is technology, but you've got to be bought, of, bought, you gotta be bought in and part of both, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, starting out, one is, um, you know, what we would, on the old school side is, you'd have to really learn the scripts. You yeah. have to learn what to say. I, I wish you could see my notepad. If you can see it, yep, first it's one. the first one I wrote down a minute ago. Mm. Learn scripts. So look yeah. at that. I told you that we could finish each other's sentences, didn't I, Matt? Yeah, we, <laughs> yes, the first did. one is, is, on, is the same on my notepad yeah. that I just wrote down. Hey, like go ahead. You, I'm sorry you, to interrupt yeah, you. No, no, no. no. I, that's cool. I mean, it ultimately, learn scripts. And, and, and ultimately, learn it in such way that you become learning, like, like script certified, which we – which I believe you, we have that part of our team. Like you got to be really, really good, and looking at it as this: this is your business, and this is a skill, and you've got to get that. So number one is learning the scripts. Number two, um, old school is you must set aside and have a schedule. Like agents today don't even have a schedule. So one is they have to develop a schedule that's going to um, a schedule that's going to be uh, in alignment to what their goal is. If their goal is to sell ten homes a year their schedule is not going to be much. It's going to be they can do pretty much whatever they want, whenever they want. If they want to sell 30 homes a year, well, then they've got to make sure that a portion of their day, you know, the 20% of their activities will generate 80% of the results. That 20%, if they're working you know, a 10-hour day, they got to make sure at least two hours or three hours are going to be in lead generation in their schedule. And it has to be done first. You know? So that would be number, number two is a schedule. Uh, old school number three, um, you know, while they're learning the scripts, they also got to learn the inventory. Like they got to go out and learn the marketplace. I think if you, if you know what to say and you put the time in to prospecting each day and you know the inventory, become a market expert in the marketplace, you're an expert all the way around. And you can do that. And a new agent right there can go from zero to 30 transactions in a year if they put three hours in a day, they get a certain amount of contacts, they get really good at what they're saying, and they have knowledge in the marketplace. Those are the three things I think on the side starting off with I think that someone needs to do Yeah, on the old school. Yeah, I'm going to add uh, – you, you, you pretty much took my list. I'm going to add – You know, I put uh, learn the scripts and prospect, prospect three hours a day. And while you're prospecting, build your database. Yes. Okay, so you're prospecting for now business and you're prospecting for future business. That's the that's one of the reasons why the main reasons why your prospect is so learn your scripts three hours of prospecting I love that you added learn the market because I think that's critical script mastery is within learning the scripts um, I, I agree I, I would add accountability we touched on that um, go back to um, you know getting an accountability a partner and and hold each other accountable and there's a difference in an accountability partner and a mastermind group. Um, two totally different things. An accountability partner is there for you to make promises and commitments to, and then you work your butt off to fulfill those promises and commitments to, and in the event that you fail, then there are some sort of consequences. That's what we mean by old school accountability. And then that works in reverse with your, your partner. What I would add from the new school side, okay, now that you've learned your scripts, now that you're prospecting and you're generating your database, 
Then the new skills, uh, school side is, you know, and, and even though email drips is not necessarily that new, but when we're talking about old school, we're talking 15 years ago. There wasn't email drips at that point. So on the new school side, because you've built a large database that you self-generated, then you're going to start using the, the CRMs and the technology to drip on people. Right, and then you're going to be give sending them a video or two videos via a newsletter, you know, every single month. But then every 90 days, see that drip. Everyone's going to say, "Oh yes, I do that." All the new school people are going to say, "Yes, I do that." The thing that a lot of the new school are not doing with the drips is they're not monitoring who's clicking on the emails, who's watching the videos, and they're not using that as a trigger to make a phone call that would be right. the old school the old school is the phone call is the you know we would look at the new school and say okay the new school has a great idea they figured out an efficient way through email marketing or some sort of system to communicate through technology we would love that as old school but what the old school would immediately say is okay but when they click on something I'm gonna call them and if they don't click on something, I'm going to call them anyways, but I'm going to call them on a 90-day rotation. In other words, I'm going to call my database every 90 days, which is once a quarter. And if I see that they're opening or clicking on any of the emails and videos that I'm sending, that's new school. But I'm going to use that click to trigger an additional call um, besides in, instead of waiting for the 90 days. That would be an example of how, how I would see blending it. Or working your centers of influence, that's an old school and a new school strategy. But old school, all we did was call them every 90 days. New school, all they're doing is emailing them and never calling them. So the blend is, how about email them twice a month, maybe mail them once a quarter, call them old school once a quarter, put them in um, your, your CRM and have market reports dripped onto them once a month. That's new school. You know, so it's a blend between the new school and the old school that I think ultimately wins in the end. Um, I don't think old school is going to win as a standalone, and I don't think new school is going to win as a standalone. But those are things that I would be adding to the list on the new school side. Yeah. And I think yeah. that automation, automation and, the, and, the, and the artificial intelligence side is the new school to take advantage of that can, that can accelerate an agent's uh, productivity quicker than we could in the old school. Absolutely, and but and, and, yeah. and it still requires it still requires a contact. Yeah, yeah, it still requires a contact at the end. So whether it's inbound or outbound, it's still a contact. What about profitability, Jeff? We were talking about profitability a little bit, and and I know that that's that's high on our list is to make sure that you know we want as many we want the top end numbers like revenue and gross revenue and GCI, and we love all the number of transactions to be high. Um, but I think you and I really love profitability even more than that. What do you think the challenges are with the the new agents, the new school way of thinking and profitability, and how can they become more profitable? Well, I think the new school isn't as focused on it as much. I think the shiny objects out there, and I think the GCI number and the volume and, and the and the recognition there is is more prevalent than going back to what is your bottom line net number and on the second page of your of your uh, uh, tax return, you know that that's really what matters. What are you going to take home um, and really look at that? So, so one is I think the new school is not focused on that. Where 
think you and I and a lot of the old squeezers are always going back to profitability no matter what we're doing. And we're always looking at, okay, what's our return on time uh, with everything there as well. Um, you know, without a doubt, the old school agent without any of the new school will and has been, if you look at, look at it right now, much greater and profitable than that fully new school agent not blending the old school in. New school agent right now is someone who is buying the business most times waiting for inbound leads to come in versus, uh, you know, the difference between buying and, and going out and getting, you know, they're more passively driven versus actively driven um, and waiting for it. So there's, there's two options, waiting for it, less productive, or excuse me, excuse me, less profitable or more active and higher profitable. Um, you know, both I think can be accomplished each way. I think there's a little bit of, of nice finesse in businesses now with the technology uh, but it becomes a little bit more expensive. So I think there's a balance there right now, what I'm, what I'm watching. I think that also in the new school, there's also ways that you can be new school, uh, very efficient, for example, through social media because, it, because of the masses out there and the, and the, and the eyeballs there, for example, with, um, with uh, Facebook marketing and things like that and the reach, you know, what you can spend for 20 bucks a day and get to 30,000 people versus before to send a message to 30,000 people on the radio would cost you 30,000 bucks or whatever the number, you know, ultimately. Um, so, you know, profitability is, is something that we, I think you and I, and, and a lot of the business owners and team leaders um, are, are most focused on from the old school mindset. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and for the record, listen, I, I, I definitely subscribe to some new school inbound lead generation strategies. I am um, by no means stuck in just the old school ways. I do believe that new school is uh, is important, some of the new school strategies. And I was just thinking about, say, Zillow, for instance. People are out there buying Zillow leads, right? And Zillow leads are very expensive. Whether you like them or not doesn't really matter. They are very expensive, you know, um, so when I'm approaching something like Zillow, the way that I'm thinking, this is my old school mindset, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to be that profitable on a Zillow lead. It's just by the time I get it and, 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 and work out arrangements with the buyer's agents and whatnot, it's not going to be the most profitable. So I have to be thinking I'm not going to do it unless it's profitable. So why would I do it? I would do it only if I have systems in place to capitalize on the second deal that you'll do with that lead. So if I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get that lead in and I'm going to pay money and I'm not going to make much profit on it, I mean, I know we can make something off of it, but you're not going to make that much profit on it. The profit's going to come when I set up the proper structures to follow up with them after the transaction to get referrals and do a second deal with the, in the same six to 12 months from that lead. And then now when I've got two deals, attributed to the cost of that one lead or the cost of leads for that uh, that that system now all of a sudden I can be more profitable but it requires me to be thinking about profit and and then saying well if I'm gonna do it it's got to be profitable that forces me to set up the systems and a lot of times that means we've got to be calling these people over and over again using scripts to get them to refer to us you know, so I just want to throw that out that all of the new school systems out there are likely to be uh, profitable, but you have to think one or two more levels deep beyond it's just getting a lead and making a sale. You've got to have the structures in place to capitalize and do multiple transactions off of those leads.
Yep. For sure. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that also in the new school, some of the things that that we're seeing that's really working is, you know, we talk about email email automation. Email itself, I mean, is was was um, you know new, and yet now it's becoming a little bit more old school, right? Unless you start to implement some video inside video, 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 video is hot, right? Uh, and and doing it in such way. Um, so what used to be five years ago, ten years ago, emails and all that, more and more people are not open their emails. Next thing I think that right now it's hot is texting, right? So having automated text and texting, um, you know, um, campaigns and so forth and set up that way. So I think the technology there, I mean, right now more people, uh, what it used to be was, you know, people would prefer a phone call. That's what it was old school. That's just because that was the only way to really get in touch with somebody. We didn't have email, didn't have texting, right? So today, most people don't even want a phone call. They'd rather be texted. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a blend of both right now. However, it seems like, though, it seems like there's a, there's a wave of people still now, all of a sudden, it seems like people do want a phone call. Are you getting that feeling, too? They want to get back into uh, pick up the phone and call me kind of, kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeing yeah, the, the way that I, I – the, where my mind is on, on, on that conversation is, is – we got there was a this 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 run towards oh my gosh this texting is so efficient and we thought that texting and 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 social media would be a way that we could stay connected to more of our friends and then i and then what i think i think that's phase 1 it was like oh my gosh this is efficient and i can see people and connect with them that i haven't connected with in years since i graduated high school you know i see them on facebook i kind of know what they're up to and then phase 2 i think we went to wait i i i'm a fool that just because we're connected through technology doesn't mean we're connecting right there's a difference between being connected and us connecting. And I think we're now realizing that, you know, you know, even on Facebook, it says, how many friends do you have? Like the whole language that we were using, you know, now we're in the stage of it doesn't really matter how many friends you have, but we were in the phase where like how many friends you had actually said something about you. Now, right. if you actually mention how many friends you have, that says something about you and it's probably not what you want to be said about you. So we went through phase two where we started realizing that, no, we're connected, but we're not connecting. And so then what we do, when, what, what to me that means, we now started realizing that we're actually disconnected. Um, because texting is actually texting your, your child in the house is efficient, but it's a form of disconnecting. It's not connecting. And now all of a sudden when we started to realize that we're disconnected, then I think our minds instinctively started to now want intimate connection again. It's like, I thought this was great, but when we started fantasizing about this is connecting, and then we came to the realization that we're actually disconnecting, then we started, it wasn't until then that we started to see the value of intimate connection. And now I see people wanting to have conversations again. Yep. Matt, you probably love that conversation and love to have conversations <laughs> about that all day long because I, I know how your mind works, at least at some level. 
<laughs> I do. Yeah, this is a fun conversation to to be a part of and, and eavesdrop in on a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it, ultimately, I think it comes down down to the profitability is a really interesting conversation, right? Because it, because it's all related. It ties into the conversations and things like that, and how how much we can scale up. Because I think that it's going to be interesting to see. Because I haven't been through the shift in the same way that you've been through it, Greg. Uh, and you know, in terms of coming out building a successful business on one side that comes out successful on the other side, and a lot of my friends haven't either. Uh, so I look at, at at the industry, and I'm coming at it from value in the old school because I'm an old soul, and so I, I never discount the past. And I, for the most part, assume the people that are older are smarter than, than the people that are coming in now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I have an interesting kind of combination view of it, but it's going to be. I think there's some, there's some people I feel like that are doing it at a high level. I think one of the things that might shift is exactly what you talked about, Greg, which is. Can you handle not making a major profit on the first deal? Yeah. Because that that change, like if you look at if you look at software and you look at online marketing, anything where tech has gotten there faster, the people that win are the people that can afford to not make a profit on the first deal. Yes, that hasn't really hit real estate yet because all because all of us are making a living, and that next deal is part of the profit that we take home and pay the bills with. Well, let's make yeah. sure we're clear. Most people are not making a living. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, but well, I guess maybe our they're audience. They're staying at home in the form of income. They cannot afford to not pay themselves and put that money back into the next deal. They have to, sure. It has to pay. It has to go to bills to keep the lights on. I think on. it's a very yeah. important point that you're making in, um, is that is that you know, you know you can make enough, like you said, you can make a living – um, off of the first deal. But if you're really wanting to create wealth and build something and, and, yes. and buy properties and have money to invest or, you know, buy a boat or whatever you want, you've, you've got to be, you, the profitability conversation has to come in. And so to me, buying some of these leads is almost, it's a loss leader for me. It's, it's like, it's an, it, it's the cost of the acquisition cost of a new client has went up. In the area of lead gener of inbound lead generation, and so in order to continue to play that game, you have got to increase the revenue generated per lead, and you're not going to be able to generate more revenue per lead unless you're generating multiple deals with that lead. I mean, because if the lead comes in, it's a four hundred thousand dollar sale. You're not the you weren't the cause of that four hundred thousand dollars sale. That buyer's um, parameters caused that to be the four hundred thousand sale. You couldn't do much to change that, right? Okay. But the way you take that four hundred thousand dollars sale and make it eight hundred thousand dollars revenue is by doing a different deal. Now you've got eight thousand eight hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue off of the same lead cost. Now all of a sudden those things become profitable. But you have to really be clear. That that's the game, and how what does your structure need to be set up like in order to pull that off? I, yeah, I don't exactly. see a lot of people pulling that off. The other thing is, is I think that the industry, you know, Jeff kind of mentioned it. It's like there's so many shiny objects, but one of the things that the industry has done, or whether it's technology companies, I don't know who to blame, and don't care to blame anybody, is they've been very good at reprogramming agents minds to believe that a 10% ROI on our lead source is actually okay. Mm. So mm. 
where where like if Jeff like if I was going to bring some an idea to you 15 years ago and I said hey you know you you give me uh, give me a dollar I'll give you back a dollar 10 what would you have said to me I'd say that that was terrible I would never even look at it yeah no, you I mean, may it, not yeah, take yeah, my yeah. call again <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you would have expected I would imagine you would what do you think you would have expected if I said spend a dollar with me and you're what what kind of return would have turned you on back then I mean, you know, what we th used to look at was 10 times. That used to be it. Like if I was going to spend a thousand bucks, you know, I was going to spend 10 grand and want a hundred grand return. You know, yeah. I would want 10 times today. I'm not sure she'd get that anywhere, but I mean, you know, it, it just depends. But, um, I mean, that minimum standard. Well, you can get that five. and call and expires if you got, if yeah. you're script, 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 uh, script Oh certified. yeah. 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 But that doesn't cost so anything other than your time. That's yeah. right. See, we can still find those returns. Sure. And sure. so th there's part of the conversation is those returns still exist, but so few people that are coming into the business are going for those returns because they're accepting, you know, if I, you know, a, a hundred bucks off of a thousand. Yep. They're accepting a 10% return when there's still 50%, 100%, you know, and more returns available out there in the industry right now. Again, yeah, with, with, I think with, it's What's crazy is also is, and you can see this, speaking of buying leads, let's talk, let's talk, and we'll just, just real quick in regards to the new school thought. So many companies are sending leads to agents for referral fees, and agents are willing to pay 35, 40% for referral fees. And so, um, which is interesting, you know, because they're yeah. willing to pay 35, 40% referral fees, but when they say when they want to come on a team and a team's only going to offer them 50% split, they're actually going to make less if they're on a company split, paying a forty percent re referral fee at the end of the end of the end of the uh, you know end of the day, right? But we're seeing agents right now willing to take less and less on paying referral fees out because it's easy. Here's the lead; it's given to them. Here's the lead. The new school is, I don't really. It, it's it's just I'm waiting for so much to come to me, and at the end of the day, what we find is these guys are going broke, they're not making yeah. any money. If, if anybody in this audience wants to know how to drive your lead cost down, it's blend. You've you got to have a blend of leads coming in. You've got to have low-cost or no-cost leads coming in. That's old-school outbound prospecting. And then if you wanted to use some of the new-school strategies and buy some leads, and the leads, I'm just going to say they're $30 a lead, whatever that is, and you get 100 of them. That would be $3,000. Well, then you need to generate another 100 at no cost just through your efforts. So now you have 200 at a $3,000 cost. You just drove your lead cost down and your profitability up. And I, I think also one thing that, that the conversation we're having in our team now is, okay, if we know that we can generate a number of outbound leads a day and we hold ourselves accountable to the number of outbound leads a day, and we're trying to get into the new school, what are we going to hold ourselves accountable to the number of new school inbound leads per day? And so what is that actual number that we know that we need to hit? Like, you know, instead of being one day we get three or one day we get 10, you know, what is that actual number? And if you could get the number to be the same with very low cost, you can double, triple your production. Hmm. So one of the games that we're playing is how do we generate 100 seller inbound leads per day? And you can do this through technology. You can do it through this through a lot of the home value widgets, or what you and I do is a lot of you know voice broadcasting and 
and certain ways to drive it where it's low cost. And But one thing that we do have, which we worked on from a, from a foundation from the old school, we hit on this earlier, was we built a database. Without the database, cannot drive inbound leads. But you can, but your cost is going to be so much greater. If you have a database you've already actually communicated to and be able to go back out in such a way and communicate to them with some type of message that's going to have them call you, that is most profitable, I find. Yeah, I agree. Love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Holy cow. Yeah, I took a lot of notes. Um, okay, so definitely some very cool core beliefs to take out of this. We don't have time to, to re- recap everything. Uh, like I would like to, but there is a ton of incredible stuff that came out of this conversation that I hope people take away from it and really absorb the core beliefs that you guys both have. Um, the work ethic, script mastery, knowledge of the, of the market. And I would say I would throw in there proactive versus reactive lead generation. Those are four or five core beliefs that you guys both share. Um, that I love and when, and, and anybody can take away from this conversation. So, uh, before we sign off, Jeff, how do people, uh, connect with you guys and, and remind us again of the location so they can keep you in mind for referrals since you're in a, a tourist city? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. So, uh, Jersey Shore, Southern New Jersey Shore, um, is where I, I live and work. We expand into the Philadelphia region. So, if you have anybody coming this way or looking to buy, sell, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area, that's us. You can reach me, um, you know, on, uh, on on Facebook Messenger at Jeff Quinton. That's always good. Email me, Jeff, at the Quinton Group as well, and uh, we'll always respond back to you there uh, as well. Thank Very you. cool. And then, uh, Greg, same question for you. Uh, just, uh, you know, message me on Facebook. Facebook messengers become one of my uh, my best friends and best ways and most efficient way to communicate. So just reach out to me there, and we'll go from uh, there. Uh, and then for the podcast, make sure to subscribe. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, depending on whether you want the audio version. All the video versions are available on YouTube, or you can go straight to theleveluppodcast.com. And then if you leave us a rating and review on uh, a place like iTunes, which we would really appreciate, make sure that you call out guys like Jeff who are sharing their time. Uh, you know, They're volunteering their time, setting aside away from running their business generating leads, generating profit to share what they're doing with all the rest of us. So let them know publicly how much you appreciate and and appreciate them. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much. We'll see everybody on the next episode of the Level Up Podcast. Bye.